This series called Download This. Week number one, we were in Colossians chapter one, and we talked about how God, we're like this hardware, this computer hardware, and inside of us is the operating system that causes us to run and function. And we were born with kind of defective operating systems. And God says, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, I want to give you my operating system. We talked about that week number one, and that was Colossians chapter one. Then the week number two, we went to Colossians chapter two, and we talked about how with all this new software, God, uh, there's kind of this new user agreement. And when you get a user agreement for the software you use on your computer, the owner of the software gets to say, here's the user agreement, here's how you can use it. And with our lives, well, we have the tendency, though, to go to God and say, listen, I've got it from here. You gave it to me. I've got it from here. You go do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. And we try to say, God, here's my user agreement. But that's not the way it works. And God is saying, like, wait, 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 wait. If you will use this life, if you will agree to use this life the way I want you to use it, it will be so much better. That was week number two with Colossians number two, chapter two, I mean. Last week, week number three, we talked about going viral and how that's good, right? We want to go viral with our computer things. We got, it means it got a lot of attention, a lot of hits. That's a good thing. We don't want a virus, but we want to go viral. And we talked about how Paul is saying, listen, I want your life to go viral. In other words, God is changing you so much. You were this, but now God has changed you to this. And people notice and they're talking your life has gone viral to encourage other people to connect with Jesus. That's a good thing. And Paul says, I want that. And today, that's kind of our launching place as we say this. We want our lives to go viral, but unfortunately, so many times, like with this whole social media thing, we begin to get the me virus, the me virus. And so, uh, you know, we work eight to 12 hours a day, right? And all we're thinking about is, ah, just ready to get out of this work so I can have my time, me time. I can do what I want to. I'm ready to get off this job today. Well, I looked at some of your Facebook pages and I came up with the me virus that most of us have, most of us, myself included, often. James is going to put it on the screen for us. And here comes the me virus. Monday, that's what you look like on Monday, pretty much, just kind of a summary. There's Tuesday. We're like, oh, and Wednesday. Oh, oh my goodness. It's hump day. Thursday, when is the weekend going to ever come? Friday, I'm so bored with this already. And then we have Saturday, yeah, yeah. And then we have Sunday, yeah, I'm going to Stuttgart Harvest, yeah. And then we have Sunday night, oh no, it's going to all start over again. That's the me virus. We kind of have that tendency. We work five days and maybe six, but we're looking for that, that weekend off. We're looking for that weekend, my weekend, my time. If, if, if we were to look at our social media. I think here we can summarize it by this. Let's say, and this has happened to me too. We could say, this is me before work. And then we'd show another picture. This is me at work. Show another picture. This is me on break. This is me at lunch. This is me in the restroom. Oh, no, I'm not going to show that one. We won't do that one. This is me leaving work. And this is me at Walmart now. And this is me mowing the yard. And if it was last week, this is me and my pet. Really? I was so tired of pet pictures. I'm, I apologize. But I was. This is me at supper. And this is me watching TV. And this is me in my bed. This is me. And we have the tendency to have this me virus. So today, we're talking about going viral, going viral, but avoiding the me virus. 
It's as if Paul is saying one last time, before we wrap this up, make sure, please, 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 he would say, download this. Now, Paul gives us several kind of action steps, some things we could do to finish this off. I'm going to encourage you, even though it's dark in here, maybe use the light from your cell phone, write down a couple things that maybe are important to you that you hear. It may not be everything. That's okay. It may just be one thing that you might hear and say, I want to remember that. Just write it on the back. Not your connection card. You turn that in, but write it on the back of your worship guide. There's a space back there. And so here we are with Paul. Everything he's going to tell us today really has to do with avoiding the me virus. And so he gives us a series of some things, some lists. Maybe you could call them some priorities to look at. And he's not really suggesting that you pick and choose which ones you want to do. He's really saying do all of this and avoid the me virus. So let's jump in to where we left off last week. Here we are this week. We're going to finish off Colossians chapter 3, and then we're going to get a little bit of chapter 4. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. Here's what Paul says. He says, above all, in other words, uh, uh, more than anything else I've told you, really pay attention to this. He said, above all, clothe yourselves with love. He says, clothe yourselves. He says, like, put it on like you're putting on a shirt. Cover yourself completely with love and kindness towards other people. And then he says, if you do that, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And if you're like me, you're actually repelled by people who are not kind. I mean, if you're like me, you run from those people. You avoid them. You want to get away from them because there is no harmony with those people. I, I mean, that the unkind person, there's disharmony all around them. And when they need help the most, they look around and guess what? Nobody's there. Nobody's there. That person needs help. The unkind person needs help. Nobody's there. Why? Because nobody wants to be around them. No one wants to certainly be bound to them. That person has the me virus because they're so focused on themselves and what they want and loving themselves. There's no room for anyone else around them. So Paul says, I want you to take love as God defines love. And I want you to put it all over your life before you come out and in contact with anyone. He's saying you must choose a loving response. It's, it's not going to jump on you like, a, like an act, overactive jumpsuit. It's not going to jump on you. you you're going to have to put it on yourself. You're going to have to clothe yourself. You're going to have to choose to put it on to avoid the me virus. Next, he says in verse 15, and let the peace that comes from Christ. I want to pause there for a moment. He says, you have a choice to make. You need to let this happen. You need to allow this, permit this, give this permission in your life for peace. And here he's not, he's talking about soul, your soul, soul harmony, soul harmony. And then he says, let this peace rule in your hearts. He says, I want it to rule. To, I, I want that peace that only comes from Christ. I want it to act as your umpire, the umpire calling judgment on your thoughts, 
I want it to be the umpire for your words. I want it to be the umpire for the actions you take, for your reactions. You see, we often get confused with this whole peace thing. Because we, we think that peace means the absence of conflict. That peace means there's no trouble. That peace means there's no difficulties right now. Everything is smooth. That's peace. That's what we think. And so we search for that kind of peace. That's what we search for, and that's what we hope for. But that leads us to a faux peace, which is actually a me virus. You see, searching for that kind of peace, it leads us to abusing money. So we're buying things to make us feel better. That kind of faux peace leads us to abuse time because we end up just living for the weekends. That kind of peace leads us to abuse our energy because we're just doing things that make us happy. That kind of faux peace leads us to abuse alcohol, to, to abuse prescription drugs and other substances because we want to feel something different or we don't want to feel something at all or we're just trying to cope. And Paul says, only Christ can give you real peace. And he said, I want you to let that peace, the peace, the real peace, that where you have peace, even though everything around you may be crazy and, and out of control, you can still have Christ peace in your heart. Soul harmony, even if everything around you is falling apart. And he said, I want you to let that rule inside of your heart and let that peace be the umpire. Let it direct your mind, what you're thinking about, your words, what you're saying, and what you're doing. He said, it's not just a better way of life, Paul says. Really, this is a requirement. You need to do this. And he goes on. He says, for as members of one body, and here he's talking about all believers, not just a church. He's saying all believers, as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And then Paul throws this in, almost like an aside. He said, and always be thankful. And we would say, Thank thankful for what? And Paul said, just be thankful. And we'd say, but Why? He would say, be thankful. Because we ask those questions because we mistake thankfulness for a feeling. And Paul says, no, no, it's not a feeling. It is an attitude. Thankfulness is an attitude, and therefore, it is a choice. We have to choose to be thankful. You see, one of the most powerful antidotes for the me virus is thankfulness. And Paul is saying, don't wait for the feeling of thankfulness because thankfulness is not a feeling. It is a chosen response, a chosen attitude. When am I thankful? Well, it's easy to be thankful when it's Friday night and you finally came to the weekend. And Paul says, no, 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 no. I want you to be thankful always. Well, me, I'm thankful when people recognize me for the hard work I've been doing. And Paul would say, no, 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 no. That's a feeling. I want you to choose to always be thankful. And we would say, well, I, I, I'm thankful when somebody does what I have been asking them to do. Then I'm thankful. And you say, no, 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 no. Always be thankful. It's the antidote 
the antidote for the me virus. Verse 16, he says, let the message about Christ and all of its richness fill your lives. And again, he says, you need to let this happen. You need to allow it. You need to invite the message, the words of Jesus, of Christ, invite them to fill your life. How do we get that message in our life? Well, it's probably this. It's probably by, by daily, moment by moment, walking and talking with God. Not just on Sundays. I mean daily, as you're, as you're at work and just walking and talking with God. Daily, daily, reading His words. And not just, not just the words that are in the Bible. No, 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 no. Those are words to be understood. Those are words to feast on, to devour, to bring those words word by word, phrase by phrase, line by line into our lives. And I have a hunch that the reason why so often we get so frustrated in life, that we have so much frustration inside of us, so much uh, sometimes anger inside of us, so much junk inside of us, I think, I think the reason we have so much of that inside of us is because we don't have God's word inside of us. And Paul says, devour it. Take the words of this message about Christ and all of its richness and let it fill you. And then he says, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. And you know what? This is a big thing of what our small groups do. This is a big part of it. But this is also something that you can do as just a normal part of your everyday life as you are living and walking around this earth. You're around people at work all day long. God has placed in your life for a very specific reason. And maybe those words that you have devoured that morning and brought into your life, not just words that you just read, but words phrase by phrase, word by word that you are understanding. So read it slow enough that you understand it. And you're bringing those into your life and they are changing you and encouraging you and challenging you. And then you can take those words that mean so much to you now and you can encourage and love the people around you at work. So often we get to work and we're just thinking about, ah, I got to get home. But God says, wait, pause. Those people are there for a reason. Love them, encourage them with those words. And then we get home and we think, ah, I just got to go get some alone time, some me time, my time. And we try to get away and God is saying, wait, 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 that's your family. I've placed you there. Love them, encourage them with those words. And then Paul throws in this strange little phrase here. He says, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. That's pretty cool that that's in there. And then he adds this again. Here it is again. With thankful hearts. Wow, there it is again. Thanks, Paul. He's not going to let us forget. He says, in everything, everything you do with a thankful heart. That's what he says. Now, Paul gives us a reminder. If you look at, at his other letters that he has written, and even chapter 1 of this, uh, of this book, he's just kind of reminding you that this life is not about lists 
It's not about rules. It's, it's not about a, a list of obligations that you need to check off. He says, that's not what it's about. And he would kind of describe that as, well, you know, sometimes when you're immature, as you're young in your faith, it's like that. Because sometimes that can kind of help us kind of get started. But he said, that's not where I want you to stay. It's kind of like if you're a, a child or a teenager, you're in the home and your parent is right there over you and your parent is giving you these lists of things to do. And sometimes we need that. But when we get on our own and we get out of the house, we don't really need the list. But what we do need is some overarching principles for life. We need something that, that we can apply, some principle we can apply to every situation, no matter what it is that we face, and we can apply that principle and help us understand maybe how we need to respond, react, what we need to do using that principle. He said, that's where I want you to head. And now Paul, in verse 17, gives us this amazing principle. He says, and whatever you do or say, it is as a representative of the Lord Jesus. And here he goes again, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Paul is saying, listen, at this stage of your life, you don't need a list of rules. You need some principles. And he's, he's saying, here's a huge principle I'm going to give you. When you are faced with a step or a decision, a choice, a reaction, this or this, or uh, to dwell on a thought, he said, when you're faced with a decision, you need a yes or a no, or you need to do this and don't do this. He said, when you're faced with a decision, ask this. And he gives us this amazing principle. He's like, can I do this? Can I do this? as a representative of Jesus to the people around me. That's amazing. He says, can I do that? When I'm faced with a choice, can I do this? Can I say this? Can I say this? Can I do this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, whose reputation, his reputation is at stake with every decision that I make, every word that I say, everything that I do. He says, can I do this and thank God the Father for Jesus ruling in my life as I do this thing or as I say this thing? Those questions, those principles right there that Paul gave us, that will change your life. But for most of us, we don't ask. We don't ask because we already going to do what we want to do. We don't ask because we're afraid God is going to say no, or we're afraid God is going to say, no, I want you to do this. We're afraid he's going to make us do something we don't want to do. So we don't ask. We just get satisfied with the me virus doing it my way. Now, Paul goes on to give us some specific instructions about family and kind of business. And we covered those um, in May in our series in May called Family Shmamly. We covered those then. So I'm going to skip these few verses and we're going to pick up in Colossians chapter four, verse two. So he goes on about the me virus. He says in, in verse two, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind. And a th there it is again, a thankful heart. Paul is saying, listen, guys, I want you to be honest about this. I want you to devote yourself to praying. 
I want you to have a praying life that you're devoted to, not just a passing by prayer just to get me by or just so that I can say I did it. No, no, no. He says, I want you to devote yourself a steady every day, ever ready and willing to take the time needed to do it. Prayer life. He says, and I I want you to do that with an alert mind. I find that interesting that he tells us now an alert mind, you know, don't just be saying some words. I want you to have an alert mind. I want you to focus on what you're doing. Don't just recite a memorized prayer. He said, don't just give me phrases that you've memorized, that you've heard a lot. No, 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 no. I want you to be actively involved in choosing your words and what you're saying. Be alert. That's what he says. And then once again, he added, ended this with, with a thankful heart. And yes, we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got that, Paul. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And we are when God gives us what we want. <laughs> we are thankful then. Yeah, 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 Paul, I'm thankful when, when she or he does what I ask him to do. I'm pretty thankful then. Thankful? Really, Paul would say? Eh, I don't know. But the me virus? The me virus? Oh, definitely. Definitely the me virus with that attitude. Paul goes on, verse 3, he says, pray for us too. Don't leave us out. He says, pray for us that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. And he says, because of that, he said, that's why I'm here in chains. Listen to what Paul is saying. He said, while you're praying for these things around you, he said, don't forget to pray for us too. Don't forget to pray for you, for for guys Guys over there, guys here, don't forget to pray for yourself, all of us, that we will have more and more and more opportunities to tell people about Jesus. He said, don't forget to pray about that. And Paul said, look, look at me. I'm in chains. I am in jail. So pray this too. No matter how things turn out, Even if they don't turn out the way I planned or the way I want them to or the way I have asked them to turn out, even if it goes badly, I I still pray this, even if it goes badly, even if things don't turn out right, pray that somehow you can use that to tell more people about Jesus, even if it costs us something. Because there, there is no me virus there. Verse 4, he said, pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. And now Paul kind of closes this whole download this thing with this. Verse 5, live wisely among those who are not believers. Paul is saying, listen guys, I know I haven't met you. I know because he didn't know these people he was writing to. He says, I know I haven't met you, but listen, please, 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 please don't be stupid with what you say and what you do. Don't let the me virus live in you and infect everything you do. Don't let the me virus infect your conversations with other people, especially those people who are searching around you 
who are not yet connected with God. Don't, don't be so focused on you and what you want and what makes you happy that you don't see the people around you with needs that need to be connected to Jesus. And he said, not just the people who are searching who are nice to you. He said, every single one of them live wisely among those who are not believers. And then he goes on, he says, and make the most of every opportunity. He said, don't let any opportunity to have a positive impact, a loving, kind impact on somebody's life that can help them connect with Jesus. And then he tells us how to do that in verse 6. Let your conversation be, and again, let, we have to allow it, we have to choose it. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. And my friends, everyone around you needs a response. The people you work with that frustrate the socks right off your feet, they need a response. The people in your home that keep asking the same questions over and over and over and over again, and I'm not talking about your preschool, I'm talking about your husband's, they need a response. And that response needs to be full of grace. That is the right response, Paul says. Grace. Because grace attracts people to Jesus. But our harshness, our judgment, our condemnation, even our simple stare will send people running away from Jesus. Now, what does all of this mean for us today? You know, in these few verses that we read, Paul tells us to, to give thanks or to be thankful. He tells us that four times in these few verses. In these few verses that we read, Paul three times tells us, pray, please pray. And packed inside of these few verses, Paul gives us an overarching principle that can change our lives. He says, ask this question, can I do this? Can I think this? Can I say this? Can I react this way? Can I do this as a representative of Jesus to the people around me? And my prayer for you this morning is that you not stop with just the few notes that maybe you wrote down. My prayer for you is that you not stop today with just the few things maybe that you heard and you stuck in your mind and said, I'm going to remember that. Don't stop there. My prayer for you this week is that you will read and understand this week the whole book of Colossians. You see, as of right now, we have just covered in this series over 90% of that whole book. 
And my prayer is that you won't stop with what you've heard today, that you will go and pick up this book in Colossians and this week that you will read it. And if you have trouble understanding it, then go back and listen to SoundCloud and listen because week one, we did chapter one, week two, chapter two, week three, the first part of chapter three, and today, the end of chapter three, and we did the first part of chapter four. My prayer is that you will take that book and that you will take it word by word, phrase by phrase, slowly make sure you understand each word of each phrase and let it sink down into your life so that you can digest it. And then if you understand it, you can live it. And as you're living it, this week, you can speak it with love and encouragement and kindness to the people around you. That's my prayer. Because that's how God works in you in this life. And if he hasn't been doing that, there's a good chance we haven't taken his word and we haven't read it and digested it to where we understand the word, the phrase so that we can live it and then we can speak it. That's my prayer for you this week. Not a scenario where you read it and you say, oh, I've got to try to do better. That's not what we're talking about. I truly believe this. If you're a follower of Jesus, a, a believer, then God has placed his spirit inside of you. And I believe this. That as you read that word, word by word, phrase by phrase, and you understand it word by word, and slowly you read it and let it sink into your life, then God's Spirit is the one who creates the change and allows you to begin to live it. And then you can speak it back to love the people and encourage the people around you. That is my prayer. Because in that, there is no me virus. Let's go love people this week. Let's bring in his word. Let's read it, digest it, live it, and speak it. Let's pray. God... So often we find ourselves with the me virus. Just trying to get through the day so we can get some alone time. Just trying to make it through work so we don't, don't get driven crazy by all the people around us. But God, so often those very people who are driving us crazy, you have placed them there because they need your love. And you have put us there to love them. So God, we need your help to apply this principle to our lives. Whatever we do or say, can we do that as a representative of you, Jesus? Giving thanks to God the Father the whole time for what you're doing in our lives. And God, I pray too that you will give us many, many opportunities to speak about your mysterious plan, this plan of Jesus. And God, even if things go wrong, and even if the wheels come off in life, may we still use that as an opportunity to love somebody towards Jesus. 
God, help us to live wisely among those who are not believers. Help us to make the most of every single opportunity. And God, may our conversations be gracious and attractive. Give us the right response for everyone because everyone needs a response. We need your help to do these things. To read your word and digest it, to understand it word by word, phrase by phrase, line by line, so that you, God, can create the change in us and we can live it. And then we can speak it in love to our friends who need encouragement. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen.